Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 372. I'm Ryan, a.k.a. Agent M. And if you are just joining us because you caught our special Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse episode, awesome. Hi, hello, how are you? How's the family? On this show, we talk about all the cool stuff that's happening at Marvel, what we're hyped about. Uh, We have some really fun interviews and sort of behind-the-scenes looks at all kinds of things at Marvel, from games to comics to movies and TV and all that good stuff, uh, plus interviews with really neat people who are either Marvel fans or doing Marvel stuff. So I hope you stick around with us. So y'all, this is a real fun episode. There's lots of Marvel games action, as I'm sure you saw in the title and in the show notes and the description, all that good stuff. But before we get to that, we got to talk about the biggest Marvel Comics news of the week, Magnificent Ms. Marvel. Coming in March, Magnificent Ms. Marvel is a brand new ongoing series by writer Saladin Ahmed and artist Minkyu Young, a really terrific young artist who's not done any work for us before this. I, I was looking him up and I just couldn't find anything, but you can see his Instagram that he draws a great Ms. Marvel. Uh, I heard all about Saladin's pitch at the last creative retreat and it just sounds so cool. You can check out more info on marvel.com. All right, so our big talk and interview sections for this week are just tied together. It's one big mamma jamma. It's our big end of the year 2018 celebration with Marvel games with a big honking section all about Marvel's Spider-Man, available exclusively for PlayStation 4. And with me on the show this week are going to be Eric Monicelli, Tim Hernandez. Tim is, as I like to say, a mensch. He is wonderful, he is sweet, and he works his butt off. I'm very proud of him. And, of course, we've got Bill Roseman, because you can't talk about Marvel games and not have Bill on it. He is the best. He's your man at Marvel and our man at Marvel Games. And, you know, he and Tim actually leave partway through the conversation, but that lets me and Eric just go wild to talk about Marvel's Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation 4. That's actually, we dig into a lot of stuff, some stuff you probably don't know about the game. We reveal an Easter egg you have never discovered. He promises you never discovered it. And then we look a little bit ahead into 2019. It's real fun, so enjoy this chat right now. Hello, True Believers. This is Bill Roseman, creative director at Marvel Games. Hey, I'm Eric Monicelli, uh, senior producer and project lead uh, on Marvel Spider-Man at Marvel Games. I'm Tim Hernandez, director of game production on a lot of games. Lots of mobile stuff, (laughs) lots of content. So much stuff. So much stuff. I want for you guys with the specifics. Yeah. So obviously we're here to look back at 2018, which is an incredible year, and maybe tease a little bit of look forward to 2019 and beyond. But we're going to talk about individual games and, and stuff that you all have worked on, that your teams have worked on such as Marvel Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation 4, as well as Marvel Contest of Champions and many more. But first, I want to know what are your favorite Marvel games moments of 2018, whether it was a release, a reveal, a content drop, a convention moment, a day in the office where you like something just sparked. What for this year really stands out for you? I would say, this is Bill talking, as amazing as um, it was when we finally saw player reactions to Spider-Man. You know, we play it, we had our thoughts on it, but what really, truly matters is what the gamers think. And when we saw reaction videos and reviews, that really made the four-year journey worthwhile. But that is topped. I said I would have said that. 
But about a month ago, Brian Intihar, who is the creative director over at Insomniac Games, who we collaborated with on Marvel Spider-Man, Brian and I were lucky enough to journey to Stanley's house, and we were able to sit down and talk to him and show him his cameo in Marvel Spider-Man. And we were both able to thank him at the end, and I think we both meant it for everything. And I was able to tell him that I named my boy Peter after one of his creations, and he thought that was terrific. So that, to me, was my stand-up moment. I'm glad I had that final moment to say thank you to Stan one more time. Oh, that's really sweet. Sucks for the two of you having a tough act. Tough act to follow there. (laughs) Man, thinking about it. I mean, coming out with Marvel Spider-Man this year has been uh, just seeing people react to it, as Bill said. And then also I remember distinctly we had this influencer event in New York and we all piled into this helicopter and then unboxing the collector's edition inside a helicopter, which was crazy and weird and I think broke some record of And the helicopter was flying. And the helicopter was flying. (laughs) It was was the helicopter. You were over Manhattan at – crazy so that was kind of cool but you know I, I think just you know working on the other the other projects I've been seeing just develop and move along at Marvel games has been really rewarding too just as you see these games sort of come from pre-production stages into development and just sort of blossom into the world it's really really cool to watch that happen so um, that's been really rewarding and then we get these amazing stories of fans sharing the game and posting on their social feeds about um, playing it and how it affected them. There was a story of the kid who essentially, because of playing Marvel Spider-Man, he volunteered at a kitchen with his aunt and helped her out, which was awesome. That's you know, the so sweetest. That's the stuff that you live for with games, and, and we, we loved seeing all that. So it's been a great year. Well, all right, Tim, now you got to have a really heartwarming story <laughs> or else get out. All right. I'm, I'm <laughs> about the, the time you volunteered with Stan Lee in a kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I think building off of what Eric and Bill said, I think this is going on my fourth year as a, as a member of the Marvel Games team, and just seeing how much respect and trust we've gained to take what everybody knows as the Marvel brand, the Marvel characters, and kind of reinterpret them for games and kind of reimagine what it means to be a Marvel game. I, obviously, watching as kind of a bystander, obviously we're, we all contributed to it, but I think Bill and Eric, you guys were leading the charge on, on Marvel Spider-Man. So I, I could take a step back and just see how awesome and how well-received that game was. Uh, on a more personal level, just seeing some of the characters and some of the content we, we released in, in our mobile games, for example, and, and going to San Diego, New York Comic Con, and seeing people cosplay as Guillotine and mm-hmm. a Civil Warrior. It's just yeah. really mind-blowing. And then launching a game like Marvel Strike Force earlier in the year and reimagining Ultimus, a character that, to be mm-hmm. honest, very, very, very few people remember from the, the 70s and 80s when he was introduced – but redesigning him and, and uh, modernizing him and bringing him to audiences that are not familiar with him whatsoever and being able to take that back to the publishing team and the editorial team in New York at Marvel headquarters and let them just say, oh, that looks great. Run with it. Run with it and, and embrace it and really continue the story but refresh it in a way that modern audiences are really gravitating towards and embracing. And I, I think seeing that maturation of, of the Marvel Games team has been really a highlight for me. And can I jump in real quickly? I just want to say Tim is being kind of humble and and not saying he oversees all the uh, mobile games. Marvel now has how many? Six? Seven. Seven Seven mobile games. There's no other company or IP that has that many 
games currently going and that are this successful. Contest of Champions just hit its fourth year anniversary. Future Fight's hitting its third. Yeah, three and, and they're growing. And so that is unprecedented. So while something like Marvel Spider-Man does get a lot of the spotlight, it is amazing how Marvel on the mobile side continues to just dominate and deliver things that people keep coming back for. So the yeah. mobile is just doing awesome. Yeah, and I, I've told Tim multiple times that Marvel Spider-Man wouldn't exist if it wasn't for all the work and foundation and groundwork that he laid before. So it's been amazing to see, you know, like our mobile titles develop and, and his, his sort of... Um, Best moment reminded me of one moment that I forgot about up until right now, which is pretty remarkable that I forget it. But seeing, you know, the creation that we collaborated and made with Insomniac go into a Marvel comic, which, you know, was largely thanks to Bill and his relationship with publishing. But the mobile titles, we've had characters appear in a few comics, right? We have, yes. Yeah, and that sort of laid the, the foundation for having this sort of insomniac take on Spider-Man up here in Spider-Giddon and open with Spider-Giddon issue zero. That was awesome. (laughs) You know, that was really cool to see that. Uh, But Bill, you don't even see my notes, but Mm -hmm. I was actually going to talk to Tim uh, and the rest of you guys about Mm -hmm. Marvel Contest Champions before we were recording. I was like, four years! Yeah, just in the hallway. It's like, how? Uh, it's incredible. But what are your, what are some of your favorite 2018 character editions for, for Marvel Contest of Champions? Well, I got to go with Aegon. Aegon the Forsaken. Yes. A uh, lot of heated conversations around the office about Aegon, what his name was, what his designs were. But when Gabriel Frazera, the art director and, and creative director at Kabam, approached us with the idea, I mean, it kind of shows how much thought and mm-hmm. care they put into not just the game, but all facets of the history and the lore behind the game. Aegon is the first champion. So, of course, going on four years, we have yet to introduce the, the champion that kicked this whole thing off. So I uh, thought it was fitting that they introduced him in a big, big way at New York Comic Con. They did a big tournament and, and reveal around him. But really, when he launched in the month of November, it was uh, just a celebration of the history and how much of a deep backstory they've built into the contest. So to me, that that was the character highlight among Dozens of other awesome, awesome and events. and uh, I really love the amount of thought that both Kabam and speaking of new characters, Net Marble has put into our new characters there. And by that I mean, people either think, oh, it's easy to invent characters, or everybody wants to do it. More like, no, this is this is going to have the Marvel stamp on it. So this has to be a Marvel character. And we really talk about what that means and what differentiates a Marvel character from any other character from any other universe. And and really looking at each one from literally top to bottom. What is their silhouette? What do they look like? What's their body type? What's their costume? What's their color blocking? What's the color scheme? What are their powers? What's their backstory? Do they have that tragic heroic origin? Are they accessible? Does this add something to the Marvel Universe that doesn't exist before? Otherwise, we have thousands of characters and we should be spotlighting them. But if there is a need to create something that is going to bring something new, that's the ultimate honor for us to give back and kind of make a new toy for the toy box. So we don't do it often, like contests and Future Fight. We've done it two, three years in a row now. Mm -hmm. But we we don't do it every month. Every month we introduce new characters, but we try and only introduce an all-new original character once a year because it takes months. It does take a very long time. To work out all those details so that when we present this character and we work with our friends on the East Coast in publishing, when we share it with them, they're going to scrutinize it. And we want to make sure that they look at the character and say, yes, this is a Marvel character. And you've thought them through uh, from top to bottom. And 
wow, did they pull it off? They really did. Yeah, and it, not just creatively, but also for gameplay reasons, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's exactly. also at the root of everything we want to do. I mean, when we introduce these characters, what does it change, and how does it not break gameplay, but an offer, an, whether it's a new feature, something that uh, is a new synergy that works with other characters. So there's a lot, a lot of deep thought into it. Yeah, I remember around the office, the lead producer on Feature Fight, Danny Koo, was playing the Luna Snow song over and over and over and over again. And it was like, okay, this is weird at first. And then I was like, oh, man, this is really good. Like, this is well-produced. And, like, learning, like, how long and, you know, working and collaborating with everybody here and seeing how long it takes to make that happen and then it getting out there and people picking up on it and yeah, loving we, it. That, it's been that amazing. song we, we thought through every line, worked on the video. We, we want to make sure that everything that Marvel Games creates – Every word, every image, we don't want anything that is not going to be at a certain level of quality. We always want it to live up to the standards. So all of our players and, and Marvel fans, they're smart. They get it and they appreciate the effort and they deserve it. So that's why we scrutinize even all the words on a K-pop song because, hey, it's Marvel. So we have to do that. Yeah, and I, I remember when you guys told me that Mike Jones, uh, VP at Marvel Games, he did all the motion capture for Luna Snow in that video. And I, he, <laughs> it's on the hips. So good. Just absolutely delightful. He's got the yeah, moves. He's, he's really good at that, yeah. the dancing. So Marvel Future Fight, it's been two and a half years, somewhere in there? Three? Over three. three. Over three. Yeah. three. My goodness. It'll be four years in May uh, 2019. Two big characters, two like new, what you were talking about. Yeah, this month was, we consider it the all new month. So we introduced, let's see, new villain of the game, Morgan Le Fay, which is, of course, a previously existing Marvel villain, but we did a whole new look for her. We introduced White Fox to the game and gave her an all new suit. We worked very closely with CB Savolsky on that. We introduced new uniforms, both for Luna Snow, the Andromeda suit. We wanted more of an action suit for her. And then we also did a new uniform for Sharon Rogers, Captain America, which was alt-universe version of Captain America that we had previously introduced. And finally, same month, we introduced Crescent and Io, who is Marvel Future Fight's all-new original character this year. And again, worked very hard on the powers and the visuals and their connection to the story and how her origin is wrapped up in Morgan Le Fay, so it's all connected and I don't think the Marvel Universe has seen a character like Crescent and Io yet. And uh, everyone's responding very strongly to her. I mean, what's you know, who doesn't want a 12-foot-tall spirit bear at their beck and call? So um, we feel like these characters are very much part of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. One of the cool things that you guys get to do is you work with publishing, but you also work with so many parts of Marvel, whether it's Marvel Studios, Marvel Television, Marvel Animation. Uh, so, you know, we've had events around... Marvel Studios Black Panther, Mm -hmm. Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Marvel Rising, Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, uh, the the 10th anniversary of Marvel Studios. What are some of the the events that maybe have crossed over into Marvel Puzzle Quest, Mm -hmm. Avengers Academy? Yes, Spider-Man Limited. Actually, all of those. So when we do movie tie-in events or television or animation tie-in events, we want to embrace the new characters or new costumes or new locations and settings that are, are being used in a given film. Or for Marvel Rising, for example, a lot of the new characters are being introduced, like Squirrel Girl and Spider-Gwen and, and Ms. Marvel Kamala Khan. So we're taking those and reinterpreting them in a way that works for each of our games. 
Each one has unique art styles and obviously game design. That Some are more combat-based, some are more casual. Um, so we need to factor all of that in. But when we approach it, we really want to make sure that we're touching on the core themes of all of those events. So, yes, when we're doing a Black Panther event, we may introduce Killmonger and Shuri into Future Fight. But we're doing it in a way that fits within the story that we've been building up with that game for the past three years. And behind the scenes, because Tim heads up kind of uh, creating all of these events across our mobile live games, behind the scenes, it's all about communication. Mm-hmm. It's all about all of the departments sharing with each other what's on the horizon. We have these big content summit meetings here in L.A. Everyone from the different departments comes together and we each give a presentation of what we did for the past six months and then what's coming on the horizon for the next six months to a year. And then we share all that information and we make sure that as a company that we are in sync, that we have the right characters in the spotlight. We look ahead and we figure out, oh, Everyone's kind of talking about this character. It feels like this character is elevating. Or are we going to elevate a character enough like Captain Marvel? We know the movie is coming. We make sure we're all in step. And what that does is then for a Marvel fan, what's so cool is it feels like it's all connected. It all counts. That takes months and months of planning and communication. And publishing is so good now with sharing sketches and scripts. And and we drive them nuts asking for stuff. But the reason we do that is that (laughs) we we want to deliver it. We do. We drive them crazy. We want to deliver that thrill for the reader of, wow, I picked up this comic. I'm reading about this character. (gasps) They're in this game the same week. It's all connected. It is all connected. Uh, I know the two of you, uh, Bill and Tim, you have to run real quick. I just wanted to say I've been playing uh, Marvel Battle Lines. I finally got my real solid You've got team. Your deck going I've on. got my my deck with Malekith and uh, uh, Drax, Ooh. and they are dangerous. So it's a lot of fun. But we're going to let you guys go right now. There's lots more to uh, to talk about. Eric, you and I will stick around. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan, and thank you, True Believers. All right, Eric, now that those guys are out of here, what kind of smack talk do you want to say about the two of them? Oh, they're amazing. I can't smack talk them. I mean, like, they, it's been incredible. Bill, I've, I've learned so much from just how he presents himself and how he gives feedback. Bill is, like, out of all the people I've worked with, and I've been in the games industry about 13 years now, I've never worked with somebody who gives feedback in a more, like, fruitful, helpful, positive direction. So it's been really, really great to um, work with him. And Tim is just, I mean, his favorite character is Vision, and he's hes a cyborg. Man doesn't eat lunch. <laughs> but he he um, he's a great collaborator. He partners with everybody and leads up, sort of just helps drive, um, you know, all the work we do between the different um, lines of business in Marvel. And it's especially working on Spider-Man game, you know, he um, helps uh, manage the relationship we have with Sony Pictures as well. So that sort of um, collaboration comes out of that. So seeing that, seeing what we've done with studios, film, television, all that other stuff has been pretty awesome. Yeah. You just mentioned you have been in the games industry for 13 years. Yes. Where does the creation and release of Marvel Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation 4, where does that sort of sit in your moments in in your career man um it's been like i've worked on a few games that have been like cultural hits and cultural events and, and things like that and such that's, as such as the last of us um uncharted a few uncharted's i worked on i worked on a call of duty infinite warfare i worked on bioshock that was one of the first games i worked on in I didn't my know, that was the one i didn't know yeah oh. yeah and then civilization so i've worked on a lot of big um, is your name sid meyer uh, no. <laughs> yes, I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> I love trains. <laughs> no, <I'm not> 
<laughs> Sid does love trains, but um, and dinosaurs. But uh, that's besides the point. So uh, no, I mean, like, there's been a been a ton of games I worked on that have, have I've been very fortunate and lucky to work on some big titles that have been these events, but. There's nothing grander and more connected and more ingrained in, like, the pop culture zeitgeist than Marvel is. It's hard to – I can't think of any other IP that everybody – you you know, I talk to my mom or my grandma and it's like, I worked on a Spider-Man game. They're like, oh, I get it. You worked on <laughs> Spider-Man. That's great. You know, when I told them I worked on Bioshock, they're like, what is that? <laughs> so it's one of those things where I think on that level it's it's just been never bigger for me. It's been amazing to just see – the response we get organically, you know, all these celebrities just coming out of the woodwork playing the game. We saw LeBron playing it with his kids, which Aww. was awesome. Yeah. You know, and I had a I had a friend who's like, how's the game that LeBron played with his kids doing? She doesn't know about the game. She literally <laughs> knew that LeBron played the game I worked on with his kids. So, yeah. um, but, you know, just that sort of thing. Like, you, you don't always get that from games. A lot of um, gaming companies will pay for that kind of coverage. And, you know, that was all just organic. And that's really cool to hear. Yeah, it's it's so neat. And I, I was thinking about also like the cosplayers. You oh, know, the yes. people who there's this one dude who I see it all, all the conventions, big tall dude, Sky Diddy. Yes. Uh, he's great. Oh, he's so good. And he's like yep. just dove right into yep. the costume and and him and so many others, like within probably days of the first announcement, the first reveal of the advanced suit, and then just seeing over and over again. It's yeah. got to be fun. Yeah, I have a picture of him from E3 where he's actually hanging from, like, a light pole upside down. I don't know how he does I mean, the dude is just uh, athletically inclined as all everything, but um, it's amazing. In the white spider suit, it's awesome. Yeah. Bill was talking about, you know, watching fans play and, like, getting that experience. But I think, you know, now we're at the point of this recording almost two months from release. Yes. How are you feeling now? Man, it's um, it's been a march for um, you know, the developers to make sure the DLC's been out, and you know, working alongside them, and and the DLC's been hitting every month after release. So, oh, are you talking about Marvel Spider-Man: The City That Never, never sleeps? sleeps? Yes, exclusively for PlayStation Four. Um, that uh, it comes out, you know, like in this cadence, this sort of uh, month after, two months after, three months after, we're going for, and um, in the gaming community, there's like, oh, they've been working on. The that for a while I was like yeah we had ideas but like Insomniac and PlayStation have been crunching hard to make sure that it hits that cadence because we want to keep people in the world and keep playing it and so it's been amazing to see the response to that and have people play that but also the number of people platinuming the game and finishing it that's mind-blowing like it's like 10% or something like that right now which is I've never heard of anything close to that for a game so it was my second platinum I platinumed Horizon, okay, uh, which was my favorite game pr- the previous year. Yep. So I still have like the platinum for Marvel Spider Man the the first go through, but I'm working on uh, the the full for the the city that never sleeps content. The, the city yeah. that never sleeps and the new game plus okay. and the ultimate difficulty. Yeah. Like that's the thing. Yeah, I don't so many games, no time to play them. But the thing about Spider Man and I've played a lot of games this year, and yep. you know we're at the end of the year. Everybody's talking about there. What is the game of the year? You know, it's all subjective. It's all for you and your taste. Yep. I love God of War. I love the new Assassin's Creed. And I've tried to distance myself as a Marvel person and just think objectively, like, what brought me the most joy, fun, like, pleasure? What will I go back to? And it is Spider-Man. Yeah. That is the game that I want to go back to and play 
because it's fun. Because like I come home from a long day and I'm stressed. Yep. And I just want to swing around the city. And that's the that's the cool thing about it. I mean, like the traversal for the game is just like it's like you enter into this state of like just flow. It's just like a Zen state where you're just relaxed, and then you land on a rooftop and you could go beat up some baddies. It's kind of fun, <laughs> right? So it's like you get that sort of both those peaks and emotional valleys from playing the game. And um, yeah, for me, you know, I I worked on the game for you know I wasn't there for the whole ride. I was there for about uh, two years of it, and I was playing it broken, and I was playing it when it wasn't working as well and that can get to be frustrating as as you can imagine i remember giving you a note once about spider-man's butt yes yeah yeah and to be fair his butt is terrific throughout build two scoops roseman that was that was his (laughs) his credo you know he's a gymnast gotta have a nice butt and so they they did a really good job uh you know jacinda chu and and gavin um the lead character Artist over at Insomniac, just they nailed the butt. So yeah. good job with that. <laughs> Terrific. You know, I, um, and we hear so much about the Insomniac side of things, and, and which is rightfully so. They are the main developer. But I'm curious, what was the Marvel game side like? What was the process like? How do you guys get involved? Because we don't hear a lot about that. Yeah, I mean, we're essentially collaborators with our developers. So um, PlayStation is a publisher of this game, and they they have their own sort of development team that helps Insomniac push it through and see to the finish line. So we work closely with PlayStation. We work closely with Insomniac. And we're sort of upholding and being champions of the Marvel brand and the IP and making sure that when you push that disc or start up the tile on your PS4 and you launch into the game, it feels authentically Spider-Man from the, the get-go, right? That's our job. We want to make sure things are authentic, are true to Marvel, are immersive and you're in that universe. And so when we're working with Insomniac and we're working with PlayStation, they're developing a game. They're in the trenches. They're doing the the, the lion's share of the, the hard work to get this game out the door. But we are collaborating and giving them input and ideas to make sure that nothing veers too far off course from expectations of what people would want from a Marvel experience. Yeah. And also, if they want to be off course, we're like, yeah, that could work. That could be cool. You know, like there are a lot of things that happen in the game that are unexpected and are unique and, and people wouldn't expect from a Marvel Spider-Man game. And that, a lot of the times, is really what people dig into and what makes the game great. And so we want to encourage that as well. But So it's like a balancing act. We sort of just um, you know, help make sure that these IP and these sort of ideas that people love and cherish are are presented in a, in a way that people will continue to love and cherish them. Yeah. There's elements of Spider-Man's universe, of course, throughout all this, but there's also bits and pieces from throughout the Marvel universe, which I yeah. find really cool, really important. You know, you see the Wakandan embassy or, you know, the flag or Avengers Tower, mm-hmm. the Sanctum Sanctorum, the Statue of Lockdown, all those cool things. One of the things I really dug, though, was Taskmaster. He's yeah. not a Spider-Man villain to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I think of Captain America or even Deadpool at this point as like, oh, when I think Taskmaster. Why did you guys lean into Taskmaster for a lot of those? Yeah, Taskmaster was an interesting one. I think that Insomniac had come to us and they're like, we need somebody to be like the guy that presents all the the hard in-game challenges because those Taskmaster challenges aren't easy. <laughs> they, they take a lot of work to beat. And so, um, you know, the, the conversations happened before I came on board with their reason for choosing Taskmaster. But I know that a lot of the time what it was was that they wanted to make sure that the sort of villain that was presenting these challenges would be worthy a worthy adversary at the end because they wanted this sort of boss battle towards the if you beat all these taskmaster challenges and everybody played the game so i'm going out with spoilers now yeah yeah <laughs> so. i will say 
There will be more spoilers. We haven't hit any spoilers so far, but if we yeah. end up talking about the end of the game or any of that yeah. stuff, then you've been warned. Pause the game. Finish it. You will just keep playing through until the end. And here we are. There will be spoilers. So, um, yeah, Taskmaster, essentially, you beat all those challenges, and then you have to take him out. He sort of fights you, and they wanted this really hard boss battle. And so what's harder than a, you know, a character that mimics your every move and can sort of predict where you're coming from and, and that sort of thing? So we thought it would be a worthy challenge and an interesting twist for Spider-Man and um, Insomniac really sort of bit down into it and, and made it seem really cool. Yeah. There's tons of little, like, Easter eggs and fun things throughout the game. Is there anything that you guys have noticed that fans haven't found yet? Uh, I'm not saying you have to say what it is. There's some that people have not quite picked on. Christos Gage, who helps, you know, craft a lot of the plot and made a lot of great contributions to the story and that sort of thing, put some really, really buried dialogue Easter eggs in there that some people I haven't heard too much about. So I think those haven't been discovered yet. There's been some unique ones that we knew were were coming, but we thought it would take fans a lot longer to discover. Uh So um, that's been kind of cool. But, um, you know, and then the personal Easter eggs are are really neat, too. Like having Roseman's auction house is great and that sort of thing. But um, I think my favorite Easter egg, which I don't think anybody will ever get, is that if you go into – I'm going to just spoil it because it's so inside baseball that you'd have to know. (laughs) Um, If you go into Aunt May's sort of office at feasts Uh and there's that bulletin board Uh with all the drawings and there's like kid sketches on the wall, all those kid sketches are actually – Tim's kid did some. Bill's kid did some sketches. Jacinda had some of her family members do sketches, I think. Or somebody had insomnia. But essentially it's just kids that would have worked on the game that are related to the people making the game, which is awesome. So, you know, you can go in there and Tim's like, oh, yeah, that's what you did, That's it. Like, that's <laughs> yeah. an incredible thing to have to, like, have a, a child can look at that 20 years later as an adult and be like, I made this thing that yeah. lasted into one of the greatest games of all time. That's, yeah, thank you for that. That's yeah. awesome to hear. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I think that's that's the remarkable thing, and I think the power of video games too is is that sort of permanence in a weird way. They seem like everybody goes on to the next game really quickly, but also a lot of video games are um, just if you make something great, people are going to remember it, and it becomes a benchmark. And the what um, PlayStation and Insomniac did with this game, and and you know we helped sort of usher along is superlative, and I'm floored by what we've been able to accomplish. Heck yeah. Now you mentioned Christos Gage. I yes. love Christos. There was one thing I picked up on. I was looking at one of the newspaper clippings somewhere mm-hmm. and it mentioned Tilda Johnson. And I was like, uh, that was cool. That was a nightshade reference. Yep. And I posted about that on Twitter and Christos was like, yep, yep. that was me. Yep. There's also, did you get the Dinosaur Man one? Oh yeah, it was yeah. in the same place yeah, the same, as, yep, yeah, yep. with Stegron. Yep, uh, Stegron yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. Stegron is one of my favorite weird Marvel characters. So, Knowing that there's, they exist in like, you know, the far reaches of this world makes me happy. Yeah, no, absolutely, and that's Christos was brilliant for that, and I think he he helped a lot, and and Bill helped a lot, you know, just with their depth of knowledge of the Marvel universe, just yeah. put some really cool Easter eggs in the game. Yeah, one of my favorite ones is during one of Jonah's podcasts, and it's when he starts yelling about Nazis made of bees, right. which is <laughs> truly uh, Darren DePaul yeah. deserves. Uh, an Academy Award, BAFTA, uh, BAFTA, <laughs> uh, an Emmy Award. He yeah. deserves all the awards. They should give him an EGOT 
for his performance <laughs> as J. Jonah Jameson. Yes. Because his Absolutely. Nazis made of bees <laughs> is so good. Yeah. How much fun is it for you as the person who's like getting all the like the voices and stuff yeah. in just to hear and see these performances? It's amazing because I remember looking for the J. Jonah Jameson. We had like a few people that were being cast. And um, when we first got Darren's audition tape, he didn't go into the New York accent that much. So it was a little weird because we were like, it was just, you know, regular voice clips. And we're like, all right, he's good, but he doesn't have the New York accent. You like, you need that little edge to it, right? Yeah. And so we went back and was like, can we hear? And then he did it. And we're like, holy, this guy is perfect for it, right? So, um, yeah, it's amazing to see them. Yuri Lowenthal, Laura Bailey as, yeah. as Yuri Lowenthal Spider-Man, Laura Bailey as MJ. Um, MJ is so... And- also, the so acting, good. like, video games don't always get the enough credit for just solid acting. Facial yeah. expressions, the way a scene is built. This, some of the other games I've talked about, God of War, Assassin's Creed, some of the games you worked on mm-hmm. really hit that exceptionally well. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. I think the animation team over at Insomniac is second to none, and they really just took the actors' performances. And, you know, having Stephen O. Young as Mr. Negative is... Like, he's done so many. He did, like, the sword fighting scene in Uncharted 4. Like, he's a sword fighter. <laughs> like, what a swashbuckler sure. or whatever. That guy. Super handsome. Super handsome. Great actor. Also a sword fighter. Dashing, dashing. So, um, yeah, just one of those things where we have these amazing people working on this project and an amazing team developing it. And they just made it remarkable. Like, we actually had a um, session with Insomniac a little while ago where we brought all the actors in. Some of them hadn't even seen what they looked like in the game yet because, you know, you're, you're busy working and yeah. that's what happens. And so we brought them all in and they strung together all the cinematics, which is about two, two and a half hours or so. And we just sat in this theater and watched it. And it feels like a movie. It feels amazing. It feels like, you know, just this sense of performance and emotion and pathos and and just everything that they poured their hearts and souls into it created this really remarkable game that I, I feel will will stand you know the test of time and and it's just great to have that sort of response from not only just seeing it internally but like from our fans and everybody else so they, they did a remarkable job yeah I gotta give a special shout out to Yuri as yes. well like that's his that's Spider-Man, Spider-Man voice is in my voice. head. Yeah. When I'm reading, especially the comic, the yeah. comic yeah. Spider-Geddon, or Spider-Geddon, <laughs> uh, where I just see that character, I'm like, oh, man, he's so good. The greatest thing about Yuri, and the thing I love the most, is that Yuri Watanabe is played by Tara Platt, who is Yuri Lowenthal's wife. So Yuri, <laughs> I know, it's, it's my... <laughs> so it was literally... The, the character Yuri getting called his real life name by it's just it's a web right yeah, it's, yeah. it's tangled and so um, it's remarkable to think that you know like he had to be on the stage shouting out his own name to his wife ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great yeah. I had no idea yeah. Najee Jeter mm-hmm. is that oh how you say God, his yeah name? not Najee yeah yeah I worked with him before on The Last of Us that kid is is solid he just knocks out of the park so. yeah and. His miles, like, yep. you have to get that sense of wonder of this, like, fresh tragedy. And still he perseveres. He pushes on. Like, that's a tough role. Yep. And he's so good. Yeah, so good. And so, and like, that right blend of, like, 
feeling younger but not like too naive like young and naive but not too naive where there's some sort of like street smarts to it and delivering on that sort of promise of what people expect from miles and he did a great job shortly before i came out here i had played the second chapter of marvel spider-man the city that never Never sleeps which is marvel's spider-man turf wars Wars, and there's a great call from miles Mm-hmm. Uh, just oh, yeah. little things that further the, the, the story of them. But Miles is like, well, I I jumped off a bridge. A bridge yeah. And I was like, what <laughs> is happening? I, I actually stopped moving. I stopped traversing. And I just sat on a ledge with on Spidey just to listen. Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to hear. And they were so good. I broke my toe. You yeah. can't do anything for a broken toe. I actually learned about what you could do for a broken toe because I didn't know that from that call, you know, like in real life. So yeah. is there something? No, no, nope. he's right. The call is accurate. It's scientifically accurate. You literally just have to let it heal. Oh, and I was like, good job, insomniac. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> I also want to know how he fell. Like what is right. Like, to hit, did he just land did he toe tumble? first? Who knows? Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll find out. Who knows? Oh, could happen. I like hearing about that. Yeah. And I really loved uh, Erica Lindbeck and her performance as Black Cat. And that story, I was like, what is happening? Yeah. It really was great. They made it like the right level of like sexy appealing. What's going on with this? And also balancing where it didn't sort of like slip into being like overly gratuitous like love triangle thing, right? And I feel like um, just, you know, the chase mission and the being in the museum was really cool. Yeah. I liked like trashing a museum. For some reason it was like. Monster. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was bizarre. At first when I was playing it, I was like, Spider-Man shouldn't be able to destroy art. And I was like, no, Spider-Man should be able to destroy art. It kind of fun like that. So. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah, I had been reading some older Spider-Man issues where. It was during their time together, and I was reading an old what if if like they had stayed together, and so like I had that sense of their relationship right. fresh in my mind, yeah. and the way she says "spider," yes. like is just so perfect. Yeah, it feels right, like, yeah. and that made me go down a path like, I wonder what if they like if they had stayed together, if everything was right. Mm-hmm. What that could have been like. Yeah, and then the way that MJ just doesn't put up with any of the BS, I love it. Like, the work that MJ did and and Laura Bailey did to just deliver, like, the perfect MJ. She's, honestly, in in the history of MJ, she's my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. I think, how far did we get with the Doc Ock reveal as not being spoiled? I feel like we made it, right? Yeah. Which was pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. Considering it was on the Collector's Edition statue... I was shocked that it happened like that because I was like, somebody's going to open a box somewhere at some factory and post, right? So, yeah, we made it, you know, and that's largely due to Brian Intahar and James Stevenson and, and Ryan Schneider and their cleverness and how they sort of messaged it and, and put it out in the world and working with the PlayStation team on that. We debated a lot, actually, about back and forth of it, like, because we thought it was going to be so hard to keep it a secret that we're like, all right, maybe we should just come out with it so then we don't have to worry about what happens if it leaks. We did actually have a little bit of a hiccup around E3, but I think nobody picked up on it too much. That's great. <laughs> so yeah. it's good. <laughs> it's also a credit to the community, right? Because mm-hmm. they they also don't want to yeah. be spoiled. They were they like, come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's really good. Yeah, and they, they were really good about it. Um, you know, there was some community members. The Spidey Squad has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Evan Falarka and just everything he's done to help sort of rally the Spidey troops. They've just been really, really responsive and really respectful at the same time, which you don't get with a lot of communities. Normally, it's very responsive, so it's yeah. been great to work with them. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Do you have a favorite gameplay moment in the in the game? Taser MJ. 
So when MJ, this is towards the the later acts, and she gets into uh, Norman Osborne's apartment and is trying to figure out what's what what he's up to and what's going on. Um, before she sort of sneaks up the elevator shaft, she reaches down and grabs a taser, and then it adds this new gameplay twist where you're doing stealth missions with MJ, but you have a taser, and I just love it. I just loved it when that came out. I was like, Taser MJ is the best. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> I think it's it might be a personal thing because stealth missions have always been a little bit like eh, for me. <laughs> Really? Oh, I love stealth okay. missions. Yeah, but like the taser allows you to be a little bit more aggressive and direct, yeah. and you can break out of stealth, and so it, it adds a nice wrinkle. But you know, I, I've said this multiple times, but getting back to like just the swinging, just going around the city is so relaxing. I would do that the hard day of work or whatever, go home, play the game, just swing. It's great. Yeah, I love it. I'm very excited and happy, and you know, a relief. Yes, that, you <laughs> a know, <relief>. like. <laughs> I think there's <laughs> yeah. there's that sense. I remember very specifically what year did the first Avengers movie come out? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve, I think. Yeah. I remember sitting next to now our Marvel Comics editor in chief, C. B. Sobolski. Mm-hmm. The two of us, we got into a screening and we were sitting next to each other, and the movie, the credits rolled, and it was a finished full version of the, the movie before the end credit scene. I think. Okay. And uh, no shawarma. No shawarma. <laughs> okay. But we the movie finished, and I went. Oh, and I like put my hand on CB. I was like, oh my God, they did it. They did like it. that sense of yep. joy and relief over knowing that like it is true and faithful, fun, sticks the landing Yeah, is great. Yeah. And that, that's the, the funniest thing too is like I, it's a typical thing with developers and, and sort of just if you've been in games a while, you always go to Metacritic or OpenCritic now and just hit refresh like a couple weeks before the game comes out because you want to hear what people think. Because you've been working on this thing for years and years and years and you want to start to you know get some feedback and, and get some honest uh, opinions out there from people that aren't so close to it. And so um, talking to Brian into her a little while ago, he's like, I still go to Metacritic and I still hit refresh. I'm still <laughs> looking for exactly what's being said and like, you know, thinking about how the DLC can be shaped and, and that sort of thing. And, and they have just that sort of passion for the game. And that's when I knew when I knew that was going on, I was like, all right, they're going to make a great game. I can relax a little bit. But at the same time, you never know until it gets out in public. And so it's been awesome to see the reception we've gotten. Yeah. I will tell you that the big moment at the end, the emotional family moment. Gut punch. I was sitting alone at home. I don't know where my wife was. And the lights were down. And I just was crying. Like, it, it got me. Yeah. You guys yeah. got me. Yeah. Just start hugging your animals close and that sort of thing yes yeah no i mean i i we debated on that one for a long time too of like can we should she should she not what happens if she does die what repercussions would that have if there's future stories told and that sort of thing so it was a a long one but i feel like insomniac did a a brilliant job in the whole writing team john ben christos brian and, and bill and what they contributed did an amazing job of just earning that and that moment feels important it feels unique it feels like it's pivotal for that storyline it needed to happen and it just sort of gives you that push to make that epic battle at the end even bigger yeah the end of the game all told it felt complete mm-hmm. you know it felt like yeah. you you got this full story but you also there are these threads these pieces that oh norman oh peter oh miles oh mj all these Various things that feel like, like I, people are just like, <laughs> champing at the bit, waiting for what 
could potential. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to leave those there to be like, all right, what can we pick up in the future yeah. if, we, if we're picking anything up? So, like, having that those threads out there and then, you know, like we talked about earlier, just seeing it connect and sort of build into, you know, we did it before the game came out with the prequel novel with Titan, Hostile Takeover. And then we did, after the game, with spider Giddon and sort of there's more to this world. What happens next with the advanced suit Spider-Man? And so it's really cool to see that happening and, and sort of being connected and, and everywhere. Heck, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Bill and Tim have just come in because we didn't want to forget about giving a little bit of a hype, a little bit of a tease for what's coming, what they're excited about for 2019 and beyond. Bill, what's got your uh, your neurons firing? I'm going to be super sneaky and say I am most excited about the announcements, events, and games that you don't even know we're going to announce. <laughs> So cryptic. Yes. I'll give him something. We just announced Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, the Black Order, at the Game Awards just last week. So come on, guys. I know everybody's been asking us for years. When are you going to bring back Ultimate Alliance? When are you going to bring back Ultimate Alliance? So finally, we're happy to announce we are making Ultimate Alliance 3. And what's really cool is we have been working on that for months and months and months and months. Everything from the initial idea to the gameplay to the story to the cinematics. It's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. We are all huge fans of Ultimate Alliance. So to have the opportunity to bring it back is amazing. Bringing it back in its biggest form possible is so exciting. Yeah, expect more cool announcements like that on the horizon. That was my ultimate fanboy moment. Like Ultimate Alliance was the game for me. So Mm -hmm. it was really awesome to see that come back. Yeah. What about you? Man, there's so much that is coming beyond. I don't want to be cryptic either, but people know that there are games that we have announced and revealed but haven't really shown too much of yet, such as the Avengers Project. I'm leading that project up, and I'm excited when we actually are ready to show the world what that's like, and I think people are going to be blown away. So I'm really excited about that, and there's, oh man, there's so much. There's so much happening. Everything's happening. Pretty cool. Fantastic stuff. Uh, you know what? I feel like we should end this right now, and I I guess I should go play some games. Will you show me some stuff? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Big thanks to Bill and Eric and Tim, plus Becca and Mike and Tim, and uh, there's another Tim. Don't look at me like that, producer. Uh, there's so many great people over on the Marvel Games team, so thanks so much for one all the hard work, and two, for letting us steal the boys away for a while to talk about Marvel games in 2018. I hope you guys dug that chat. Now we're on to things that were hyped about this week, comma, including news. First up, I got real hyped about this one because y'all know I'm a big Disney Parks guy. We'll have interconnected superhero stories across the Disney Parks around the world. This is so cool. From the Stark Expo in Hong Kong to Stark Industry sites in California and Paris, we'll have a global Avengers initiative. That sounds just like the coolest. March 2019, we get Ant-Man and the Wasp battling Arnim Zola and Hydra Swarm bots in Ant-Man and the Wasp Nano Battle at Hong Kong Disneyland. I, I have to go there. Somehow, some way, and then you'll see cool stuff at Disney California Adventure and Disneyland Paris with Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, and more. You can see some art and the full story on Marvel.com. Thank you to Eric Goldman and Brian Crosby for being wonderful people and, and 
getting this in my brain. So, you know, the new comics that come in March 2019 are going to be fully revealed really soon. So we're starting to see some of the news come out about that, including, you know, our top news of the week. But there's more. There's even more. Spider-Man Life Story is this really rad series I've been hearing about internally for a a good long while. It's uh, by Chip Zdarsky and artist Mark Bagley, and it's essentially a real-time look at what Peter Parker's life would have been like from getting bitten by the radioactive spider in 1962 and on through the decades. So, like... By the time this comes out, 57 years later, what happens to him, to the world? It's going to be super cool. We have a new series coming in March called Domino Hotshots, and it's by writer Gail Simone and artist David Baldion, the awesome team who's been doing the Domino book that I absolutely love. If you've not read the Domino book, I believe issues are on Marvel Unlimited. The first collection is probably out right now, and it is terrific. Hotshots is basically all the great stuff that we've been seeing with Domino and with uh, supporting cast Outlaw and Diamondback, and just making it a bigger Domino-led team book with Black Widow, White Fox, who is a really neat character some of our Marvel Games listeners will know of. She's been in Marvel Future Fight, and she's really, really neat. I love the design for her. And a character called Atlas Bear, who I think is a new character, but it's a character called Atlas Bear. I'm very into this. Uh, You got merc action, spy action, adventure action, action action. So hyped for this. Uh, Another book on the way? It is called Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History. It's by writers Paul Shear and Nick Giovanetti and artist Gerardo Sandoval. And it's Cosmic Ghost Rider stuck in the past messing up the universe by really funny dudes. I am 1,000% into this. Uh, it's going to be really great. Uh, you'll see lots more Marvel Comics news for March coming in the next couple of days, really. Uh, I also wanted to point out some really cool videos that we have that we've been putting together that if you just listen to the audio version, there's... Different stuff in a lot of cases in the videos that I want to make sure y'all don't miss. We have a video with magician Justin Willman that's up. He has a Netflix series and he does magic with his mouth. That's all I'm going to say about that. We have a video chat with Miles Morales, Spider-Man, and now magnificent Ms. Marvel writer Saladin Ahmed. You can check that video out on Marvel.com and on the YouTubes. And my video with Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, writers, producers, stars is up right now. It's really, really fun. I had a great time doing it, and I think it really came out great. And finally, our last piece of hype this week is that we announced our Marvel's Runaways Season 2 After Show. It is hosted by two wonderful women, Lorraine Sink and Angelique Rocher, and it debuts with the Hulu series on December 21st, which is going to be really cool. They're doing great work. Evil producer Brandon, who I don't talk about a lot because he's sort of gone off to do his own adventure. And that adventure is this show. He's been really working hard on this and we're all real proud of it and him and them and everyone. And uh, yeah, you got to check it out. It'll be up, I guess, within a week by the time you guys are listening to this. Pretty neat. So the other show that we do every week is Marvel's The Polis. The top books this week picked by myself and Tucker Marcus are Miles Morales, Spider-Man number one, Mr. and Mrs. X, number six, Doctor Strange, The Best Defense, number one, and Star Wars, Age of Republic, Darth Maul, number one. Subscribe to Marvel's Pull List wherever you get your podcasts and watch video versions on Marvel.com. Now, it is time for our question of the week, and I want to know, what are your favorite Marvel Comics moments of 2018? Because the next two episodes are all going to be about Marvel Comics in 2018. We actually, I was actually able to wrestle C.B. Sobolski, Marvel Comics Editor-in-Chief, down for about like two and a half hours, I think, to talk about 
his first year as EIC and so much more. And you're going to hear that over the next two weeks. So uh, I want to know what your favorite moments were. We'll read them next week because now it is time for the community section. And we're going to get into some of your tweets and your other stuff. You can send your questions, your comments, your answers to the question of the week using hashtag this week in Marvel on the Twitter. You can email them to twimpodcast at marvel.com or send a message to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash this week in Marvel. This week, first up is Simon Williams, who says his twim of the week for December 5th was Immortal Hulk number 10. He doesn't even say anything else because you don't need to say anything else. That's how good Immortal Hulk is. Heck yeah. Uh, I have a friend who's at Crunchyroll and he and I exchange, like he tells me manga and anime stuff I should check out and I tell him comic stuff to check out. I got him hooked on Jason Aaron's Thor recently and he was like, why was I not reading this? You are so right. I was like, yeah, now read Immortal Hulk. Lex Pendragon says the Infinity Warp should have been Hulk and Captain America named Star Spangled Banner. Holy cow. That is brilliant. I am floored by that one. Well done, Tech Lord. I'm like, I'm legitimately flabbergasted by that one. How did we not? How did no one in any of our rooms, in any of the warps planning, come up with that? All right, I got to move on. Cassius335, who we don't hear enough from Alan John Wilkinson, says that he is replying to that tweet. And he says, Captain America plus Madrox could have been no Steve Limit. I like that one. That's pretty cool. And that, oh, this is just, they're back and forth now. Lex Pendragon says, multiple man plus Thanos equals the Madrox Titan. Y'all, this is like Lorraine Sink level puns. I'm liking it. And uh, Lex continues, says, I like this game. You pick up with whatever the last person left off. Six degrees of infinity. Oh, man. All right. So then I got to pick a Thanos. And I'm going to go with a terrible one. Thanos and Kingpin. I'm going to be the Thankpin. It is awful. But can you imagine Thanos and, you know, scraggly chin, but wearing the big white suit with the big cane? Oh, see, now it's working. The thank pin. All right. Let's see what you guys come up with. I, I like this one. I like this game. Uh, next up, our bud, Kenneth Sanderson, has a couple to round us out. And he says, well, for a while, I was just an MCU guy. And the only reason I got Marvel Unlimited was because the tie-in comics that were on there. So I've only been reading the comics for the last couple months. And uh, so he's now just, we're just getting Kenneth deeper and deeper into the Marvel Universe. I love it. And Kenneth says, I also played a little bit of everything available on my phone this year, except for Marvel Spider-Man for PlayStation 4. But by the time this has been recorded, he didn't tag it, but he has already beaten the game. Very exciting. Hope you guys dig all the Marvel games, all the stuff that's happening this year and beyond. It's real fun. I'll be back with another episode next week. I'm Ryan, and this is Marvel, your universe.